welcome everybody to the show brain health unchaining your pain and i'm really excited because we have russ johns in the house oh it's it i'm humbled and thank you so much for the honor of joining you today dr ruth i really appreciate it and uh you know it's we've been going back and forth and we finally got to have a, a an actual conversation so thank you all yeah. the gratitude to- <laughs> No, I'm just, it's just such a pleasure to talk, talk to you. I know Chris connect, Chris Ross connected us and he has lots of amazing things to say about you. So I'm just really excited to, to talk with you and really hear your story and, and help hopefully your story to help the listeners and people that are struggling, that there is a way through and uh, you can help people on the other side of that darkness that you may may have been through for for whatever reason so really excited to have you here on the show thank you you bet <laughs> so this show is as you know is all about brain health and chaining your pain so the first question i love to ask all my guests is what does optimal brain health mean for you personally and you can relate this in the context of your your story your personal journey you bet the Brain health to me, and this is from years of experience of seeing both sides of the equation, is mm-hmm. is balance. And reality is, is that the same brain that is used to motivate us to get out of bed is the same brain that stops us from getting out of bed. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that, you know, they don't think about what they're thinking about. They just work on the emotional side. And, and so for me, it's balancing, you know, some of the emotion and some of the reality that we have to live through in order to, to survive and thrive. Yeah. I, I, do you know, I love that. And I think it's really important that we pay attention to both of those elements, which is, is your emotional drives and your also your emotions and the drivers behind those emotions and then also being cognizant of your thoughts and your uh, your your thinking patterns and and all of the motivational aspects or lack of motivation that <laughs> comes with it depending yeah. on or on, on how you're showing up that day emotionally and uh, and, and what's pulling those emotional strings and what's pulling is the thought pattern. So I think it's really important. And often, as as I'm sure you know, is we don't take take that time to check in with one or t'other it, as much as we really could do. Um, and we can often fall foul of our emotions or we block them or we fall foul of our thoughts and our thoughts can drive our emotions, positive or negatively. Um, and from a brain health perspective, we talk about automatic negative thoughts. Uh, and this is like your background operating uh, a pro- back, back, background program that's running in your mind that you may be not consciously aware of that stops you from getting out of bed in the morning um, because you're telling yourself things that maybe are not true. And like you say, is is looking at the reality of the situation as well as as what's going on in, inside our mind. You know, it's so, interesting. It's interesting that you would bring that up because what is it that allows us to, you know, same individual, same experience, one day just feel devastated and, and you know, just 
unable to move and the same brain, same person, same experience allows us to achieve amazing things at some point in time. And it's always, it's kind of, I've always been curious about that because some of our self-talk just kind of stagnates us in a place that doesn't do us any good. It doesn't serve any purpose yet. We still have that, that little voice inside our head. That's really mean. I mean, we wouldn't say it to our best friend. Why do we say it to ourselves? So, yeah, I know. And I completely agree. And and it's a huge topic. uh, The thoughts that we have, and I know, you know, a lot of people that many of my clients, uh, we don't get taught how to check in with our thoughts. We we don't take that time to pause. We don't take that time to reflect and and listen to what we're telling ourselves. And we don't have to believe every <laughs> every thought we have. Uh, many of them we shouldn't be saying out loud um, anyway. So we certainly shouldn't be saying them out loud to ourselves internally either, because they're no. not always true. Uh, and we and because we don't challenge them, um, they become gospel inside our mind, and we start believing them, and that then starts that cycle that that can really do us damage. Um, yeah. Particularly if we keep repeating, like you say, it's this little hamster that's going round, uh, <laughs> saying I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, or uh, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, or, or yeah. whatever that negative. Uh, negative narrative is. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs that suffer from imposter syndrome, knowing that, uh, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda, you know, you know, all of these things are elements that we all have experienced at some point in our lives. Yeah. And so the big goal for someone working with you, I have to believe that it's, it's really about how we create strategies to diminish those those voices in our head that reduce our life and amplify the voices in our head that amplify and and bring out the best in us absolutely and you're 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 spot on there because this is all about helping to turn down that volume of negativity and turn up the volume of positive self-talk and it's not to say that you know we don't need to tweak the negative negativity sometimes because we we need that negative mindset because that's help helps us survive so it needs yeah. to be there but we need to we need to turn it down quite a lot often because we've had, had it ramped up too high and it's drowned out all the positive things uh yeah. you know that are happening in our in our lives because yeah. of a whole like a beatbox of and that's going that's on the reality side of the equation you know because you have the fantasy uh, okay I'm future tripping over something that might not happen, but the reality is, is whatever happens to be right now, right here in front of us. And so we have to, I think we have to really um, measure our self-talk and monitor how we're feeling about things. And, And one of the tools that I've always used to get me out of a slump or a depression in, or, you know, just stuck is gratitude. You know, it's like, okay, things are okay. I'm, I'm, you know, I have so much to be grateful for. Let's focus on that for a little bit. So I don't know if that fits into this, the conversation or not, but it's really been a powerful tool. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, for me personally, if, if when I talk about the, the five pillars of brain health, we, we look at, we say, let's look at the facts. 
which helps us focus in on the reality rather than the fantasy of, of what we think is happening. Um, and, and the five pillars are remembered by the mnemonic fact. So the first pillar is feeling, which is our feelings pretty much drive everything. Yes, our thoughts drive our feelings, but emotionally we're emotional beings and that's what, what makes us want to do things or stop doing doing things. So that's the first thing. How am I feeling? And we don't take the time to check in with that often. And then next one, A is for action. So what actions am I doing that are helping or hurting me from a brain health perspective and associate behaviours of, you know, becoming better, which is multiple actions that become a behaviour. What connections do I have to myself? That's C, connections to myself and those around me. And that's been vitally important, as we know, you know, during this pandemic is looking for alternative ways of connecting with people, not just the physical connection. Um, and then T is the thought. So what thoughts am I listening to? What clarity of thought do I have in my mind? Are the thoughts that I'm listening to serving me? Are they helping or hurting me? And how can I improve that mental clarity that I need to, to live my mission, um, to, to connect to my core values, to my purpose, my values and beliefs? And then finally, the one that we often pay no attention to um, is our surroundings. How are my surroundings, that's the S, how are my surroundings influencing my behaviours, my feelings, my actions, my, my thoughts and my connection to myself and my connection to others and how can I optimise those? So that's looking at the five pillars of brain health, remember by the mnemonic fact, which is a really good way to start your days. Let's look at the facts. Yep. Uh, and then you can start doing that that self check uh, and see where you're at. I love that. I love that. I love the thought process that for two reasons. One, you can utilize it on a regular yeah. basis, and and once you once you learn that process, it it gets you the opportunity to un get unstuck. You don't have to stay where you are. No, you, know, you, you don't have to stay stuck. Yeah, and the reason why we often stay stuck is we don't do the check-in. Yeah. So we just let it run, don't we? We just, just let it run and run and run. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't just go, hang on a minute. Yeah, There's wait a, a second. in my head going around. I can actually get off the hamster wheel. I, I don't have to stay here. <laughs> <laughs> so with that in mind, I'd love to talk about your story uh, mm -hmm. of brain health because I know you've been on quite a journey. Yeah. Um, and and uh, if you'd like to share with people before you start that journey, is just tell us a little bit about yourself because we didn't get to that yet. Who you are, what you do, and who you serve. Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much, Dr. Ruth. I really, I, uh, I'm I'm a I'm a creator by nature. Uh, I grew up as a musician. I played music professionally for years. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, took an abrupt change in, in direction in the late eighties, uh, where I fell three stories and, uh, injured, yeah. uh, two years of rehab and reconstructive surgeries to, to get me back on track. And that took me down a path of being, um, a lifelong learner as I always was, but 
a lifelong learner in the technology space, in uh, media and advertising and content creation. And I worked for uh, radio, television, broadcast. And, and so, and in technology as well. So that combination of events um, allowed me to kind of map out several different activities in my life that have just really been adding up to what I do now. And I, I run the pirate broadcast. I have a live stream that has over 500 episodes. I've built systems in the pirate syndicate that allows, uh, my team to actually produce shows for other individuals. And uh, so all the host has to do is show up and then, you know, doing live events and hybrid events and things like that. That's, that's great. And, and I really want to explore initially your, uh, you, you kind of skipped over it quite quickly, but I'd love to dive into in a bit, bit more detail is the fact that you fell three stories from, yeah. from a building. Could you just tell us what happened? Uh, if if you're if you're willing to, what what yes. happens in that situation? Well, it's <laughs> I have this I have this way of putting things in perspective in life, and uh, you know, music was my first love, and I I loved music, and my life circumstance was that I wasn't playing music at the time, so I I needed a, uh-huh. a regular job, and so I ended up through a chain of events. I moved to Portland, Oregon, uh, here in the States, and uh, I was able to get a job at a billboard company uh-huh. doing billboards. And so one fall day, I was out doing billboards, and one was falling off. It was it was looking pretty ragged. And one of the things that we were asked to do is, hey, if something's falling off and it's not looking good, take it down because it's just poster paper. And mm-hmm. we don't want it dropping on cars or anything like that, causing mm-hmm. any damage. So I, I walked, I got up there and I started to tear it down and I didn't realize that my ladder wasn't all the way connected over the top of the sign because that's how oh. we hook our ladders. And then we hook mm-hmm. our safety equipment to the ladder, which allows us to work uh, more safely. And so when I went to push on the ladder, it came through the paper and I went off and I grabbed a hold of my ladder and so I fell and then broke eight rungs of the aluminum ladder with my arm. Wow. So, so my dominant arm, my right arm, uh it clothesline fracture, shattered my elbow and my wrist and uh you know did some damage I a knee and uh, a few other injuries. And uh so it was really um one of those events that uh, took place that okay, now it's going to be two years of rehab, reconstruction, and, you know, making sure that I can actually move and do and achieve mm-hmm. other things. And so um, it was, it was a journey and, mm-hmm. and it was a journey and it was, I, I had a choice at that point in time. It's like, okay, I've lost my previous identity. So I either can, sit in a puddle of despair and, and and be despondent about it. Or I can accept the circumstance, the reality, mm-hmm. and I can, I can move forward and rediscover what value and what gift, because I believe that I was, I survived for a reason. Mm. I wasn't sure what the reason was. I just knew, Hey, if I survive this, which I'd survived several episodes in 
previously. And, and so it's like, I'm here for a reason. Somebody wants me to be around. So I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this uh, opportunity to actually discover what it is I need to do. So I started wow. a family and, um, you know, went on to be a safety director for the company, saved mm -hmm. a few lives, saved a few more lives, wow. taught a peep, taught people CPR. I became a firefighter and an EMT mm -hmm. and, uh, saved a few people. And, uh, wow. That led me to, you know, and the company that I fell from hired me back. So I had a 15 year career in advertising and radio and television as well. So, wow. Um, and I'm really curious because you mentioned when you fell, you, you, you lost your identity. Could you expand on that a bit more? What, what aspects of your identity did you, you physically or, or emotionally or spiritually or cognitively, you know, mentally feel you lost? Yeah, uh, that's a great point. And uh, thank you for that question. It's a great question. And <laughs> up until that point, I had started playing music professionally mm -hmm. uh, since I was 16. You know, I was playing clubs and bars and I toured on the road and um, everything I did all of the activities in my life and all of the interest that I had was directed at being a musician. I was a drummer. Mm -hmm. You're a drummer. So, so I was being, I was a drummer. And, uh, at that point in time, you know, I had, uh, I had just left one of the bands that I was in touring cause I was, you know, I needed a break from the road. And, and so I was kind of wandering around. I was married at the time and, uh, mm -hmm things weren't going all that great. And, and so I had to, uh, I had to decide it's like, okay, well, that's probably not going to be my future. If, if my arm doesn't work, because every day they were talking about, well, we may have to amputate your arm. Every surgery would right. be, hey, if we can't save this, we're going to have to amputate. And I got staph infection. I, I got really sick. I lost a ton mm -hmm. of weight and, uh, it wasn't a very good time. And so I made a decision. It's like, okay, that's that life. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to change the way I see it and perceive it and, and work through that. Mm -hmm. And up until now, I'm still a musician. I'm just not a drummer playing out live gigs and touring. So, mm -hmm. uh, and that's what transferred the, the, interest in having a family you know it's, it's right. uh, you know and that's when my first son was born is when i was wow. working through this transition of who i am what i'm doing and and why i'm here and yeah. who do i serve now and and talk, talk could you talk me through obviously you fit falling three stories is a pretty significant trauma not mm -hmm. just physically but from a brain perspective you know in, in terms of uh the potential damage uh you you could have done or have done to to your brain um could you tell me um what you noticed was different about yourself other than your physical injuries did you notice any shift cognitively emotionally uh did you notice any change in your creativity in your ability to move was there any noticeable change following your trauma that, you, uh, that you're aware of? There is huge change. 
and I, and I, I did in fact go through uh, periods of uncertainty. Uh, you know, whereas before I was, I was, you know, playing music was the only thing I ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so when I had to think through that, it was, I was pretty, uh, it was pretty challenging there for a while. And then every time they would take me into surgery, you know, it would be really hard because I wouldn't know if, if I would have an arm or not, or, mm-hmm. you know, and the, 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 the mental process of, uh, I remember one time, one of the doctors said, you'll probably never be able to scratch the back of your head. And I, and I said, uh, that's not my reality. I am not that I'm refused to accept that. Mm. And, um, I did refuse to accept that. And I actually became, <laughs> that's what people blow. It, it blows people's mind is what you set your mind out to do is, is what you, you know, you have limits of physical nature, you know, I'm not going to mm-hmm. play NBA a bit basketball, but the reality is, is that there are things that we can do even with the physical restraints we may have from a, a, a reality perspective. Mm. But I actually, I actually went out, <laughs> we bought this piece of property and it's a side story and it was, it was a horrible place. <laughs> and, and we bought this, we were able to buy this piece of property and we had animals, we had horses, my wife is an animal lover for day one. And yeah. uh, so we bought this property and we had a trailer as a single wide trailer. It was, and it had been a rental place and there are tons of trash all over. And it, it's like, okay, we got to clean this up. So here I am, you know, going in and out of surgery and doing this work. Well, we we had, um, you know, wintertime, it came, we, we decided we, it was built for a place for a wood stove. So the, uh, the fire inspector came over cause we had to have it inspected for the insurance. And he said, well, you know, you should probably consider vo- joining the volunteer fire fighters. And here I am in a cast <laughs> and everything. And I said, okay, I'll join. <laughs> it helps me get my fireplace installed. And so I became a firefighter and an EMT and volunteered for a number of years. Uh, wow. And I was actually second in my class, even, even with my, my arm the way it was. And so we have this, con- this condition that you can't do that. And reality is, is that you can do a lot more than you think you can. Uh-huh. Yeah. And what kept you going uh, mentally uh, during that rehabilitation period? Because you said it was two, two years, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what was it that kept, you know, kept your fire burning inside? What was it that helped you get through? Um, hope for a better future. Mm-hmm. You know, I focused on what was potentially out there. I'm the mm-hmm. eternal optimist. You know, mm-hmm. I look at, I look at the sunshine and look at the clouds and say, well, there's sunshine on the other side. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is that we all have a choice. And the alternative wasn't a good one. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, you know, like, uh, you know, talking about my first son, you know, he was born during this time. Mm. So that gave me hope. That gave me future. That gave me a place to put my energy and say, 
I have to be the person I need to be to be this young son's future. You know, it's it's like mm -hmm. I have to build something. I can't sit here and wallow in pity. I can't sit here and wallow in pity and you know yeah. set the example of that. So I have to, you know, do something else. And that's what I chose yeah. to do. And I think that's, you know, it's clear that you had a real sense of purpose, which goes back to the, the spiritual well-being element of, of the four quadrants of well-being is that that spiritual purpose that you need, you knew you needed to fulfill. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what pushed you through. And was there a time at all through that, that you felt you, you lost that sense of purpose through that recovery period? Oh, several times, se mm -hmm. several times, Dr. Ruth. And I'm not going to lie. It was, it was some of the most challenging days of my life in, in knowing that, um, you know, I have to get on an IV every 45 minutes or so. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I got to go get tested to make sure that I'm not going blind or losing a kidney or a liver because of the toxins that they had to fill me up with because of my infections. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, getting to start to feel better and then have to go back in to do more surgeries to to move tendons around and muscles around to to get any functionality. And uh, there was there were a lot of days that were challenging. Mm -hmm. Not gonna lie. And mm -hmm. and the only thing that you know it was hope for the future. That's what I had to place it on because it wasn't mm -hmm. today. It was it was the pain I had and and the trauma and you know two days after surgery I would go back into rehab and re rehabilitation and start moving you know muscles around and moving my fingers and my arm and making sure that I had to uh, keep things mobile otherwise the scar tissue would just you know eliminate all of the progress that we've made mm -hmm. so it was a constant two years of pain. It was two years of constant pain. And so there's some days that it drains you. It's mm -hmm. there's some drain days that are just like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Just, just get it over with. And, mm -hmm. and then you look at, you know, the young child and you think, okay, it's worth it. I got to do something mm -hmm. else, you know, hope for the future. And, and uh, I, I think that's really important to, 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 cling on to that hope because there's always hope um for us to, to to build a better future irrespective of of how dark it can be and i i'm really interested to know because this is all about brain health mm -hmm. what support did you get to rehabilitate your brain and to and strengthen your resilience during that time with the physical rehabilitation did you get the uh, cognitive rehabilitation to to improve your brain when you when you had the major accident or or was it very much more focused on the the physical uh, aspect and and less on the cognitive? That's a great question. I the primary goal was to save my arm and repair mm -hmm. it. The secondary application, though, was um, 
because I wasn't sure that the company that I was working for previously was going to bring me back and make me a safety director because I had experience. <laughs> uh, I, that wasn't even on the radar. And so what I did was I start I started doing, um, you know, reading, you know, different careers, different choices I had, mm -hmm. looking at options. You know, I, um, I grew up in commercial construction and mom was in real estate and mm -hmm. You know, I was able to talk to people and I had started businesses before and, you know, side projects and things like that. So it was a, so I put a lot of energy in searching and getting feedback from people that had done other things and started mm -hmm. other journeys and, you know, taking some classes or taking courses on, you know, what person, what, where my personality would fit in, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, okay. You know, it's like job hunting, essentially, is mm -hmm. what it was. And that mm -hmm. process really kind of built a lot of confidence in me to be able to get out and show myself that I still have value. Mm. I still I still have a purpose. I still have a lot of things. I, I have a gift. I have a message. I have something mm -hmm. that I can offer the world. And so that was a really a mindset that I had to embed on a regular basis and remind myself just like, mm. you know, the balance we were talking about mm. the balance of, okay, pity or purpose, which one do you want? You know, yeah. faith and fear require the same identity. You know, you have an identity of faith and fear and one causes you to stop and one causes you to go yet. They both have you. They require you to believe in something that doesn't, that isn't right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. But ultimately, it sounds to me that you had to do the work on your mindset. You had to do the work to rehabilitate your brain. Whereas you externally got the support to rehabilitate your arm. But we often forget that there's major trauma that we can have in our brain as well as our as well as other parts of our body, when especially when we fall three stories. Uh, uh, can have a huge impact on on our on our on our brain health, not just in terms of uh, the mental health aspect. But it, did you notice any change in your ability to remember anything? Did you notice a shift in your creativity? Did you notice any changes in your mood at all during that period of time? Did you have did you have swings and roundabouts of mood or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact. Uh... Uh, during this time, I, um, I lost my cousin, uh, wow. who, who, who drowned. He was my same age. We grew up together, uh, you know, a, a really close. And I just remember being so devastated by that. Mm. And, and, you know, thinking back, cause I had lost, um, a younger sister, in a horseback riding accident when she was 15 that happened wow. long before that. And just all of this emotion, uh, you know, mm. my emotions were really sensitive to loss and grief. And, and, and there's sometimes Dr. Ruth that I don't even know if I've allowed the grieving process to complete in some of the, mm -hmm. the trauma that I've had in my life. You know, it's, it's, I've lost two sisters and a son and, you know, dad passed away last year and no, there's so still sorry. some things that are like 
really, you know, it's a process. And it, yeah, and it, it is. And I've given myself permission to allow the process to go on um, to where it needs to go. And yeah. so that's why I'm so adamant about, you know, kindness is cool and smiles are free is this idea that we have to make a choice. And yeah. sometimes it's not an easy choice. It's sometimes it's not yeah. the simple thing. It's not the easy way. And it's just, um, I just want to help more people see that yeah. they have value. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you sharing that because obviously I can hear it in your voice that, that there's still a lot of grief that you're working through. So, so thank you for, for sharing. And I think grief is different for everybody, yeah. isn't it? I, I lost my dad t two years ago and, and uh, it was, it, it's hard when you lose a parent, but it's, it's even harder when you've got layers of, of trauma that relates to losing people in your life, which is the situation you have. Yeah. Uh, and we, what we find from a brain health perspective is we become, our brain becomes more vulnerable to those types of events uh, because the landscape in our mind changes uh, and we become more sensitive. It's like a, uh, we become more, more electric shocks we have, the more sensitive we become. So it's a similar situation when we experience a lot of similar trauma. Uh, mm. We become emotionally charged associated with that and it, it ties back to the first experience and then the, the 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 trauma stack. So it's it's really important that we do take the time to allow our emotions to run their course and and to let the emotion out uh, to to allow us to work through the grieving process uh, in the same way that we work through getting support. If we break your arm, is is to get the support to to help us. Uh, heal uh, from from the from the trauma that we experience, whether that's losing somebody or someone or something, is that we we go through that that healing process too, mentally, emotionally, uh, and spiritually to 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 see the way through to the other side. Yeah. So thank you. I know when I lost my son. I mean, I, I was devastated because. I spent the first year of his life, you know, holding him and being around him and, mm. you know, catering to his every need, you know, when he was just a youngster. And, uh, you know, it was a challenging time. And, you know, that mm. was a challenging time when he was just a baby. I mean, we were, I was in rehab and somehow we managed to purchase a property and <laughs> yeah, it wasn't much, but it was, it was home and we made a home out of it and growing up, it was always great to be able to, you know, spend time with the boys and, and, you know, get out on the farm and, you know, work on the tractor and things like that. And the reality was, is that, you know, he and I, he never, I don't think I, he, he understood what I did, but he, he wanted my life to be easier. And, and I worked in and out of corporations in some, mm -hmm. some of the things. So we used to have these deep conversations about dad, why don't you, cause I'm an entrepreneur and mm -hmm. he saw that as being a challenging position where I could mm -hmm. just go get a job and it would be much easier. <laughs> and, uh, 
and uh, he was he was actually in the union. He was a pipe fitter, and he says, "When I clock out, I don't have to think about anything." Yeah, so we had that, that that dynamic, and I was just I'm just so, um, you know, it's devastating to lose a child. I I would yeah. not wish that on anyone, and at the same time, I'm I'm so blessed and fortunate, and I feel that the time I got to spend with my son uh, was a gift, um, mm. you know, at the same time. And, and I know that may not make sense to some people. However, if I focus on, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda, mm -hmm. it takes me down a much darker hole and, and I don't necessarily want, like the outcome that I could see, mm. you know, I've mm. battled depression and I know what it's like to feel like there's no other answer. There's no other possibility. There's no other outcomes that look in, you know, even remotely possible. And mm. so having been there allows me to see the lighter side and say, this thing happened. It's, it's not what we would want. It's not the outcome that I would ever wish on anyone. Mm -hmm. However, this is my circumstance and I'm, I'm going to have to process it and deal with it mm. and there's not a day that goes by that i don't think about him and mm. um you know there's a long time that i was worried about my other son that uh you know his his perspective on life was really challenging you know his best mm. friend and his brother just left and mm. so uh, you know it was it's still not every day's you know rainbows and unicorns Mm. However, uh, we have to make a choice. And that's the difference between allowing the chatter in our brain control our outcomes versus our logic and our thought and our heart to say, you know, love stronger, love more, you know, be the best you can and show up for other people. Mm. And it's really hard to be depressed when you're helping somebody else. Yeah. Uh, and really thank you for sharing that because I think it's really important that people who are going through a difficult period of time who may have lost uh, a child know that there's always hope on the other side and that you can get through it. What would you what would you say to anyone that that is struggling uh, as a parent at the moment who who may have recently uh, lost their child? to nat natural causes or, or, or death by suicide. Yeah, I um, know that it, even though it will never go away and you can't necessarily put it out of your mind and dismiss it as a statistic in the newspaper, on the news or anything like that, because it's you, it's real, acknowledge the feeling that you have and recognize that there's a reason that you need to move forward. There's a reason that you need to, to continue to heal and share that information and help one person help mm. a few people. Uh, you know, I've had people come to me that were, in dire straits and you know i've been able to talk them out of things and it's only because of my experience 
of being able to, you know, know what it feels like, know how they experience mm -hmm. it, to be able to speak to that directly and help somebody else that's in, in danger. Mm. And there's Thank really, you. go ahead. Go on, sorry, you carry on. And I was just going to say, so, you know, it goes back to that element that we talked about at the beginning, mm. have hope that there is purpose in this experience and how you can turn it around to be something that leaves a positive impact in the world mm. rather than another statistic. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's really important that we focus on that, isn't it? Because we never know when our time is going to be up. Uh, no. we, we don't, you know, we may choose to set an end date, but that might not be the case anyway. Um, and, we, and we never know personally what the, what the last day will be for us. And it's important that we take the time to, to live each day purposefully as best we can. Uh, and to also, if you can't, and you're struggling to, to live it purposefully is to ask for help uh, and ask for support if you are in a in a in a dark place and and mm. and reach out to people because people have been there uh, and they they know how to get out uh, because they've managed to climb out themselves uh, and they'll be able to help you do do the same. I know we talked about gratitude. When did you really start that because it's a such an important practice for people to do because it's it's been scientifically proven that when we do gratitude journaling it, it enlists our uh, level of happiness and it, it's you know our mood levels it's really important for emotional well-being when, when did you discover that was a really important practice for you well it's been reinforced a couple of times um as mm -hmm. i mentioned i have i've been in corporate environment and um back in 2002 or thereabouts uh i i ended up getting uh losing my corporate position that i climbed years up to 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 receive uh you know got to the corporate ladder and and uh that evaporated along with my my marriage you know 18 years of marriage and 15 years of uh, employment in the company and at that point in time, I was, I mean, my identity was tied to my work, my life and everything that went with it. I was a workaholic. I was fatigued. I was living on about three to four hours of sleep. And, wow. um, you know, pr providing the best possible outcome for my family and at the same time killing myself to get there. And, mm -hmm. and I didn't at the time realize what I was doing because I was so wrapped up in the, the vision of what it was. And when that took place, I, I, I essentially said, I'm not, I'm no longer going to do this. I'm not going mm. to do this anymore. And so we got divorced. Family stayed on the farm. We had a nice farm at the time and uh, you know, animals and everything that went along with it. And, I took a journey. I took time off. I built a church in Mexico. I went mountain biking and all over the, the Western United States. I journaled. I went camping. I had to actually, <laughs> I filled up journals and journals of things that I probably couldn't read right now because they were <laughs> written in, you know, uh, emotional turmoil. And I had to unwind and unpack some of the things that 
Yeah. You know, the, the American dream turned into American nightmare for me. And so at some point in time, I made a decision to say, um, I have to find a reason, just like I found a reason years before to refresh my identity. Yeah. How can I be of use? How can I be helpful? Because I felt so disposed of. You know, I felt dismissed. I felt disposed of. I felt worthless. Uh, my value was just really, I was in an emotional state that was, um, you know, I was suicidal. And mm. in order to get out of that, the one thing that helped was having gratitude for the things I had right there, right now, every single day. And I had a mm. lot of friends and family that, you know, they gave me space. They gave me patience and uh, I survived it. And I, and I, and I made a decision to, you know, be a better person. And, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the boys and I took a 6,000 mile trip and <laughs> traveled around mountain biking <laughs> and camping all over. And the reality is, is that, um, you know, that time was filled with some tragedy as well. And, it's not, not one for this story, but the, the reality is, is that I found gratitude and I found that, you know, giving appreciation for all of the things that you have and all of the things that are possible and just mm -hmm. appreciating, you know, the sunshine and <laughs> the fact that I got a sleeping bag and, uh, yeah. you know, it's just, this is the minor things in life. And, uh, it, it really put a new perspective on what I, what I was attempting to achieve and uh, all the things that I'd given up and lost. Yeah. Um, and did you feel that you gained that? Cause it sounds like your purpose hugely shifted into something that, you know, that reconnection with your, with your family, with your sons, with the traveling, reconnecting with your emotions that you probably put, you know, put a lid on uh, oh yeah. to, to, to work through it the physical aspect of your job, you know, and the physical uh, dysfunction that ensued because you weren't getting enough sleep and the possibly, uh, you know, other things were falling over too. So you literally put a lid on all of the uh, mm -hmm. elements of your life in the pursuit of, of, of a financial or, or a, a physical position yeah. um, that then, that then really, uh, defined you in a negative way um because once you lost it you were able to find yourself personally again and that new you does that does that sound yeah i mean it's 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 like dancing in an avalanche <laughs> it's like you know the whole <laughs> the whole world is coming down on you and you you're just out there and you're saying okay what do i do next and uh, <laughs> the the reality is is that you know, I'm going to go back to this because I, I really believe it and, and I've lived it for years is that we all have a gift. We all have a message and there's a reason we are here. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've practiced that my entire life essentially and saying, okay, well, what, what is it that I am supposed to bring to the planet here? What is it that I'm supposed to bring to the world? And I've always been one that has always 
you know, had people come to me and say, what do I do here? How do I fix this? You know, the strong one, you know, the, the one that has the answers, the one that could figure it out, the systems and solutions and everything that go along with that. And so I just took that, I, I took that same course with myself. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. what, would, what would I do if I were looking at, if I were on the outside looking in? And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not that I'm not grieving. It's not that I don't have pain. It's not that I don't have challenging moments. It's that I have to allow the circumstance that I'm actually in help me and guide me through the chatter that's in my head that says, you know, go do something else. Mm. And so mm. I, I think it's really important for people to understand that, you know, balance and choice is, is really the guide that has taken me from, um, you know, devastation to defining who I am. Mm. And how, what would you describe who you are now? What, what are your core values now for you and, and, and your sort of mission uh, for you now where you are today? I, I, I'm a giver. I'm a helper. Yeah. You know, there's a saying that look for the helpers. I'm a, I'm a helper. I'm, I'm somebody that can guide you and, and help you see some of the things you might not be able to see, even though I'm still challenged by that. Yeah. Sometimes I, I, I can't see things myself. I can see things in other people. Uh -huh. And so, so I know the mission in my life is to help as many people as I can and help them just like doing this, this live stream. Yeah. And it's about telling stories. It's about sharing the pain and the success and the process and the challenges that we all face. And the, the biggest obstacle in our life is that we feel like it's alone. It's like, we're the only ones going through this. And the reality is, is it's no, you're not. We all have yeah. to go through some level of challenge in our life to define who we are, to actually develop who we become. So if I can, if I can add and enhance anyone's world that allows them to believe in themselves enough to actually share their story and actually share their message, even on a small scale, if you can actually get that out, let's make it matter because we all yeah. matter. We all, we all have a place in this world. We all have a gift that we can actually share with somebody. And if somebody's out there and they can actually listen to what you have to say and say, wow, if he can do it, I can do it. I can get through this. I can, mm. I can survive this. I mean, the suicide rate is, is insane right now. It's just out of control. Yeah. The challenges we're facing in the world today uh, are exacerbated by the fact that we have access to information 24 7 365 there's so much information coming through and it's it, it increasingly requires us to be very selective on what we bring into our into our our world you know it's like okay how much how much garbage do you want to sort through before you find a golden nugget right <laughs> And, and I people think like really yourself, people like yourself, Dr. Ruth, are the 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 light that I want to shine on because you're doing great work. You're doing some things that are important to society. They're important to the world. And so all the gratitude in the world for you being here. Oh, Russ, thank you so much. I think 
Uh, I really appreciate that feedback uh, and also your your wisdom and your insights in in the importance of of having that courage and that confidence and knowing that there is always hope and knowing that you can get through things uh, and and leveraging what you have and appreciating what what you have in the moment uh, to get through that next day and just taking each each day one day at a time. And I think for for me, when I had my went into a very deep, dark place and started having suicidal thoughts myself, I uh, gratitude was my go-to is to be being grateful that I get to wake up in the morning. You know, I get to see the sunrise. Mm-hmm. It's looking for the things that you get to do that other people don't have the priv- privilege to do to, to do or to see or to experience. Or, you know, I get to have a shower. I get to. There's so many things that we have that we often take for granted. Like you said, you like I've got a sleeping bag. <laughs> you know, <laughs> some people don't have sleeping bags to sleep yeah. in. You know, uh, um, and it's just appreciating the 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 simple things in life and getting back to the basics of what you know what our fundamental needs are and appre- appreciating those first and and foremost is that we you know grateful that we have a roof over our heads if we if we do and um, but that we have the ability to to breathe and i think i really uh, resonate with the situation that people are in today in terms of this fast-paced society everybody feels that they're constantly on we're a massive overwhelm in terms of the digital space now and um, the need to consume so much content is 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 battering us um you know psychologically and i think sometimes people reflecting back on your story with your with your high octane work environment that suddenly came to a massive stop is that we don't give ourselves that permission to breathe and when we when we are forced to breathe uh, as you were from a workplace perspective, it's, it's a <gasps> sort of so, so, suddenly a gasp, and it's like, oh, gosh, what do I do do now? Or, or you you suddenly realise that you you haven't been giving yourself permission to do to do anything from yeah. a, a psychological perspective, or you know, emotionally, uh, spiritually, mentally, or physically, in a way that really serves you and I think we as as a race as a human race need to to give ourselves that permission to to take the time out and and, and take that five minutes and and just do the check-in with ourselves and and say okay let's just let's just like going back to the start of our conversation let's look at the fact that let's look at the reality of the situation that we're in now uh how, how am I feeling what am I doing? How am I connecting with me and with other people? What am I thinking? What thoughts am I listening to? Uh, do I need to be listening to them? Are they really true? How can I challenge them and take back control of that self-talk that goes on inside my head? And how can I make the best use of my surroundings, which you talked about, you know, going on your journey? How can I use nature to, to ground me and, uh, uh, and help me connect with the best best of me me again so i'd love it's amazing yeah and and in all of those five elements which of the you know feelings actions connections thoughts and surroundings 
which elements do you feel that you may be, uh, and this is a bit, uh, you don't have to answer this, but I'm really interested to know, that maybe you've not paid too much attention to, but you could pay more attention to going forward. No, oh, wow, that's, oh, and you put me on, you didn't say there was going to be a test here. So. Oh, no, it's not a test. It's just, I'm just curious. It's, it's a curiosity. Uh, get yeah. curious, not furious is what we yeah. say with everything in life. So. I would have to say uh, I've limited my surroundings right now. Um, uh-huh. And it's, it's by choice. Um, you uh-huh. know, I'm, I'm, caring for mom here in Arizona and, and, uh, we have a great life and we're very close family and my sister's here as well. So I'm, I'm not doing it by myself. And I, I've always enjoyed travel. I've enjoyed, uh, getting out, going more. And that's one of the things that, um, I, I would continue to pursue, uh, you know, current circumstances are are not necessarily um, ideal for that. However, that's one thing that has always been able to shift my mindset, my attitude is when I start feeling stuck or when I start feeling um, constrained, I will change my environment. I will do something else. I will go somewhere. I'll take a break and do something. And I And I've done it to a certain extent. However, that's probably one area that has really uh, been limited in my uh, ability to achieve right now. Wow. Thank you for sharing. And I think I'm really pleased you said that because so many people don't think about the impact that their environment can have on their brain health. And they're all interconnected. Uh, And it's so important we we think about in the context of how we can show up as our our best self and take that time out to yeah. really connect with things that will serve us. Yeah. It's important. And I, it is. It really is. And we don't, it's not really talked about that much. It's very much, you know, a focus on us. <laughs> uh, and we, we can't forget how our environment shapes us. And, and it really does in so many ways. So, yeah. and I'd love to know, you know, given the, the theme that we've had talking about grief a lot and uh, that you've experienced what what one piece of advice would you give uh, someone who is struggling with grief right now who's lost a, a loved one recently what what would your one piece of advice be to somebody i my advice is acknowledge the uh, acknowledge the feelings you have they're real they're absolutely exactly what needs to happen right now and acknowledge them, recognize them, and then, um, you know, attempt to move forward in your life. Mm. Um, Mm. You know, if we stay stuck where we are, then it's, it's counterproductive. Mm. You know, it's not, it's not anything we need to do. Yeah. And I think that's great advice because so many people bury them. Um, and it's so important for us to acknowledge that we are experiencing those emotions and to let them run their course mm-hmm. uh, and to find me- mechanisms to release them in a constructive rather than a destructive manner, um, which um, 
which ha havening is a great approach, which is what I do. And I know Chris Cross has, has, has yeah. received some havening and there's, there's lots of other techniques, hypnotherapy, deep breathing, gratitude journaling is what you've been doing yourself as well. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and so many other approaches as to get that support to work through those emotions and not put a lid on them because those can, can come back and bite you later on in life. Russ, it's, gosh, I think we could talk for days, you know. <laughs> it's, been, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show, uh, Brain Health, Unchaining Your Pain. How can people get hold of you? What, what's the best way for people to reach out and get support from yourself and all the amazing work that you do to help others? Well, anytime you can uh, type in uh, if you want to talk to me, if you want to schedule some time, bookrust.com is a great place. Uh, Pirate Syndicate, uh, I, I do a lot of work over there. I have courses and and I help people produce their shows and create content. Uh, and I do the Pirate Broadcast on a regular basis, so it's always out there. And Russ Johns, uh, you just type in Russ Johns or Pirate Broadcast and you'll you'll track me down. I'm on all socials and and available to uh start a conversation with you yeah and make sure you check uh russ out because kindness is cool and smiles are free and you have plenty of those and it's been a real pleasure thank you so much for coming on the show i can't wait to continue our conversation in the, yeah. in the future it's been an honor and a privilege dr ruth thank you so much Thank you. This broadcast is brought to you by Winject Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there.